You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, hey, 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 it is a good day, and this is Dr. D. And today we're going to be talking about the substance of faith. And this is part two of a two-part series. Last time in the first part, we talked about how faith and hope go together. So today we're going to talk about the dimensions of faith and the characteristics of hope. And then we're going to go into how to increase your faith. Going back to my old psychological days, my old school days, I want to talk about the dimensions of hope. And hope has three different dimensions. The first is the affect. This is we learn in psychology. There's always the emotions, but we're going to put it in the context of hope. The emotions of hope related to positive, courageous, and trustful thoughts, the emotions of hope. The next is the cognitive, and the cognitive dimension is is your thoughts. You have your feelings, that's the affect, and you have your thoughts. In the context of hope, we're saying that the cognitive is hopeful thoughts, hopeful ideas, hopeful goals, hopeful expectations. So we have our feelings and we have our thoughts. Last but not least, dimension is behavioral. And behavioral dimension has to do with the actions. What are the actions you're taking to achieve what you feel and what you think about? The actions taken for hope-related goals. So those are the three dimensions, the feelings, the thoughts, and the actions. Since hope goes with faith, I want to talk about the characteristics of faith, okay? Faith is, it's like a muscle. (laughs) According to dictionary.com, a muscle is just a band or a bundle of fibrous tissues that has the ability to contract producing movement or maintenance. (laughs) This definition suggests that something is already there. It already exists. It's already there in your body. It's a bundle of fibrous tissues, okay? Already exists, but it has a potential to do something. In part one of this series, I demonstrated to, to each of us how we each have faith and we use it every day. <laughs> okay? Check that out if you want to hear that. In part one, I demonstrate how we use faith every day, almost every moment. A muscle, let's talk about the muscle. It, it must be exercised, okay? A muscle has to be 
exercise, right? And it will produce. Matter of fact, James 2.20 says, faith without works is dead. Okay? Faith without works is dead. That means you just can't have the fibrous tissue. (laughs) You've got to do something with it. It also produces, faith produces strength. Okay? The more you use it, the stronger it grows. For example, I've always been a cardio hound, you know, running marathons, hiking, walking. (laughs) Now that I can't run anymore, I walk like seven, eight miles. But in recent years, last three years, I guess, I started strength training. And the other day I was sitting down and I saw this bump on my arm. (laughs) And you get to a certain age, you go, oh, my God, what is this? (laughs) You start thinking unhopeful. You start thinking that it's a new growth on your body. So I ran to my husband. I said, honey, honey, look at this. What is this? He looked at me. He said, baby, that's a muscle. And I'm like, wow. So it does produce strength. It also produces movement. Doesn't the muscle allow you to move your arm and growth? So faith is like a muscle. You must use it, must be exercised. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. And it also grows you. You know, the more you use faith, the stronger you become the next time you're faced with something that um, is threatening, right? Okay. The more I've noticed that I put my faith in God's promises and I know his promises, the stronger hope becomes. Stronger faith, it does move you closer to your God-given purpose. And yes, it does. You begin to change into something new and improved. You know how ads go new and improved? You become new and improved. It must be maintained. So it must be exercise. If you use it, it produces strength. This is faith. And it promotes growth. And it must be maintained. It's not a one and done. If you're at a one and done, there's very few things that are truly one and done. Um, you must maintain it. You can fall back into old patterns, okay? And you don't want to do that. You must constantly go to God every day, every moment. <laughs> faith. So faith is a muscle. That was all the muscle, okay? Faith is supernatural, supernatural. It performs miracles, okay? If you look in the Bible, Matthew 8, 5 through 11 is the story about the faith of the centurion. Um, He came to Jesus, he was on his way somewhere, and he says, my servant is dying, I need help. And Jesus, you know, was going to go to his house. And he says, no, I don't deserve that you come to my house. But if you say he's healed, he will be healed. And Jesus turned to the crowd and said, this man has more faith than all of Israel. And he healed his servant by just saying the word. And the guy believed them. So it, it is supernatural. Faith is supernatural. 
it's also a foretaste of heaven, you know. It gives you a glimpse of what it's going to be um, like in heaven. Um, I I can't imagine. If you read the book of Revelations, it actually describes the streets and how beautiful heaven's going to be. So, faith is a muscle. It's supernatural. It's also um, spiritual law. In Romans 3.27, it says, where then is boasting? He's asking the question. Where can we boast? Is it excluded because of, of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. So the spiritual law requires faith. Because you have to believe that Jesus exists in order to come to him. So it's all based on faith. So faith is like a muscle. It is supernatural. And it is spiritual law. Last but not least, faith is purifying. It is purifying. It is necessary for, for salvation. And I just said that. You have to believe that you're saved, that he, that he forgave your sins, and you accept that as a gift of, of faith. And then you come to him and you believe. So it's, necess, it's necessary for salvation. It works on the heart. Okay, it's purifying. It's purifying. Necessary for salvation and faith also works on the heart. Matter of fact, if you look at Acts 15:9, it says he did not discriminate between us and them. For he purified their hearts by faith. So God is no respecter of a person. He purifies your heart. He looks at your heart through faith. So the characteristics of faith is that it is a muscle, it's supernatural, and it is spiritual law, and it purifies. So there are the characteristics of faith. Now I want to cover strategies to increase your faith muscle. We already established that faith is a muscle. It's got to be exercised. So let's talk about your workout regimen. What do you what do you need to do? First thing is study the word. How are you going to know something without studying it? That's how you learn it. Um, I <laughs> I have a PhD, so I know a lot of crap. <laughs> but guess what? When I had to teach it, I really had to learn it because I studied it. And you need to teach it to your heart. Learn it. Study it. So you know what his promises are. And that knowledge will increase your faith. In one class I used to have, <laughs> welcome to the students that are listening that was in that class. I uh, used to take them to Magic Mountain. And this one particular class, we rode, there's a roller coaster called the X2, you know. And it's a pretty uh, intense roller coaster, talks to you, loops you around. It's pretty intense. And um, this one class that I took, I had I had blindfolds, <laughs> so I had them blindfold themselves, and I wanted to see how many people could keep the blindfold on, and most people could not, and they said it was much scarier not knowing where they were going. So it's much scarier 
when you don't know the word. So if you know the word, it will increase your faith because you know. You know. Ask for help. You need to pray. Talk to God. Ask for his help. There is a Bible saying that says you have not because you ask not. Also, it says that if you anybody lacks wisdom, all you have to do is ask and he will give it to you. No respect of persons. He would give it to you generously. So ask. Ask and you receive. You got to ask. This one is hard for me. Here's strategy number three. So study the word. Ask for help. And strategy number three is forget the formal things. Don't dwell on the past. Matter of fact, if you look at Isaiah 43:18, actually five, uh, uh, 19 to 20 is my favorite. But before 19 comes 18, and he says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And then 19, he goes, and I'm about to do a new thing. And you don't even know what this thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make pathways where you think there's no way out. Forget the former things. I guess as as women, we hold on to things, right? Because we're emotional creatures. But but one of the strategies is to forget those things so you can set yourself free. Number four, do what you are told. James 2.22 basically is talking about Abraham, and he says, you, it basically, see, you know, the faith is active. The faith is active, active by works. You see, his action and his faith work together. And that's why Abraham was considered a man of great faith, because he actually did what he was told. So those are the first four strategies. Let's move on. Strategy number five is to reach out. Reach out to a group of believers. Okay. Join the group. Study together. Bounce ideas off each other. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. We are social animals. We're not meant to be alone. Man is not meant to live by bread alone. You need to get with a group. You need to reach out and help other people. You know, it's real funny. Um, you get out of your depression by going out and helping somebody else. I know that sounds opposite, but that is true. If you put your eyes on other people and help them, you forget about your troubles, number one, and number two, you feel much better. And that increases your faith and covers your troubles, okay? So reach out, join a group, help others. Seek out your spiritual gifts. Um, we all have spiritual gifts. There are many tools online to help you discern which gifts are yours. And notice I said gifts 
plural. A lot of people think they have one gift. No, you have multiple gifts, sometimes overlapping gifts. In a future episode, I will go into spiritual gifts. It's going to probably be a four-parter because the scale I was looking at has 25, 22 different gifts. So check out um, finding out your spiritual gifts online. There's a lot of different tests. Okay. So let's do a check. Let's do a review because we've gone over a lot of different things. Let's do a review how to increase our faith muscle. You need to study. That's very important. Okay. It helps if you know and you have will have more faith because you know. You need to ask for help. Ask God for help. Ask for help. You need to forget all those things in the past. You need to forget those hurts. You need to forget, which means forgive. Okay. You need to do what you were told. I want to add to this one. Make sure you do it quickly before Satan take, talks you out of it. You know, you you hear a word from God and then you forget what he's told you. OK, so do it quickly. You need to reach out. You're not an island. You're meant to be around other people. You meet you're meant to be helped by other people. You're you are meant to help other people. OK, you need to seek out what your spiritual gifts are. So those are the various strategies to help you increase your faith muscle. I want to assure you that if you go through these strategies, you will experience the gift of increased faith. Until next time, signing off. God bless, Dr. D. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.